Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. It's same thing with that happened to George Springer. Uh, they offered George Springer a contract, and it wasn't even in the ballpark of what uh, Springer wanted. So Springer was, um, from what I've heard, he was insulted and basically didn't even sit down and uh, want to talk about it anymore. So they there was no conversation. And so with Carlos Correa, I think Carlos Correa is interested in staying in Houston. But he literally, um, the contract, uh, what was it, f- five years? It was six years, 120 is what they gave Xander Bogarts. Yeah. So basically, that w- that's what the Astros offered. And he said, that's not even close. I want to get close to Francisco Lindor money. And so he said, look, the season's about to start. I don't want to stress over it this season. I want to have my best season where he finished with the top war among position players. So he did what he needed to do this year to earn his money, but he did not want to stress about it. So he told the Astros, look, I don't want to have any type of negotiations this year. So I want to wait till after the season uh, to do any negotiations. So he said the right things this year. I want to stay with the Astros. I want to do what it takes. Uh, to be here, but the Astros have to meet somewhere in the middle to pay him the money. And I don't know if the Astros have not done that. The The biggest money they've given is to Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and now to uh, Lance McCullers, but they don't do these long-term deals, especially under Jim Crane. They don't do it. They they don't believe in doing this. So if they're going to do this, they're going to set a precedence that they're, they're going to have to follow for Jordan Alvarez, uh, maybe Kyle Tucker. Even- Cal Tucker, uh, Jose Altuve, once he's up for renewal. So the Astros are having to thread some some um, walk on some uh, thin ice here because, yes, Carlos Correa should stay in Houston. We saw last year when everybody was talking about the – I don't, you know, the, the little scandal that the Astros had, um, Carlos Correa was the one that was talking, um, back to everybody saying, well, yeah, yeah, we, we did this, but Jose Altuve did not. And so he was the one kind of standing up for the team. And so Carlos Correa has become the the face of the franchise. He showed this year that he can stay healthy. He can be productive. He's not going to be that 40 home run year guy but he can still be the great defensive guy and so uh the astros need to do what they need to do but they're probably gonna have to wait till after the postseason oh. to uh, do that yeah it's it's gonna be afterwards carlos correa did himself favors all year long with his defense i mean and you look at his postseason 17 home runs and 56 at bats that's almost unmatched almost as clutch as who we called Mr. October and George Springer, who's no longer here. But if you go to the Astros organization history, White Sox fans, and you go all the way back to Nolan Ryan, when the Astros were not even willing to give Nolan Ryan, I believe it was like $3 million, and he walked and went to the Rangers. And I, every time I see Nolan Ryan in a Rangers uniform on a Hall of Fame plaque, it bugs me because he should have a Houston star in an H on his hat. He should have gone in as an Astro. And he would have accomplished all those things he accomplished in Arlington had he stayed in Houston. With that being said, I think that's the biggest swing and miss in franchise history. I think Carlos Correa could match that, not only because he's younger, 
but because of the effect he has on this team, like Eric mentioned, he is the apex predator. He does put the team on his back and he has become the leader, you know, in his, and I mentioned this last night in his first playoff game, he was interviewed and asked in Yankee stadium, are you nervous about playing your first playoff game in Yankee stadium? He said, why would I be nervous? I've been preparing for this since I was five. That's the guy you want on your team. The only other teams I can see him going to, the Rangers, the the, uh, the Yankees, or the Tigers, and I would hate to see him in any of those uniforms because this is an organization, I'm telling you guys, mark my words, bookmark this, the Astros will be top four in the AL for the next four to five seasons, period. I know you said you hate uh, seeing Nolan Ryan in a Rangers uniform, but us White Sox also hate that because of uh... – <laughs> Robin Ventura. Uh, what yes. A oh, you know, he's the only guy to get five hits off of Nolan Ryan in one game. Oh, there he is. Uh, <laughs> it hurts. I mean, you got to talk about low blows. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> it hurts our heart. Um, we're talking earlier about you're going to have Frambert Reyes going to pitch game two. Valdez. I, Valdez. Sorry. I don't know why. I've, I want to put him Reyes as like uh, the Franimal. Sorry. Valdez. <laughs> yeah. Frambert Valdez uh, pitching game two. I'm looking at the lineup. Are you guys going to do crisscross applesauce for game three? Are we going with Zach Grinke? No, uh, Grinke's going to be in the bullpen. So uh, they're Ooh, not going to do a, a opener. So, uh, yeah, um, Grinke, uh, the reason why Grinke's going to bullpen is he has struggled against right-handers this year. So uh, y'all have a very right-handed heavy lineup. So I think that we'll see him in a the bullpen for like maybe a two-inning stint uh, here and there. But uh, Grinky, he struggled with some health at the end, and he just his velocity was a little bit off, and he just wasn't the same Zach Grinky he was to start the year. So I think the Astros and Grinky himself decided that look, I would help the team a little bit more in the bullpen, and this is something that we nobody thought that Dusty Baker would a move that he would make because he's a veteran type of guy and it, it's not something that you would bet on and it's just a weird situation that uh you i don't think even betonline.ag would even make a move on so um chris go and tell us a little bit about betonline.ag absolutely they're back and better than ever and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season but we're all here we all know the matchup we're talking about the big one here, of course, it's Bears and Raiders. Bears, five-and-a-half-point dogs <laughs> in Las Vegas, but Justin Fields is going to be under center to Damn begin straight. his decade of dominance. Uh, the over-under set at 44. Herb, where are we going on this one? Bears Raiders. Well, I don't like the Bears to win the game, but the covering, hell, hell yeah. That's a glorified home game. While the Raiders enjoyed uh, the L.A. confines the other day, it won't be as such. But the, there'll be a lot of Bears fans up there in the Legion Stadium in Raider Town. And our guy, Justin Fields, starting, I'm seeing him covering that five easily. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. They've got a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football and even baseball. They've got the lines here for Sox and Astros. Sox running a half dogs here, a plus one and a half and uh, over under set at eight. I'm inclined to go uh, under on that one. And uh, you can go to bet online, sign up today, get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code locked on to receive that bonus football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing deals available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, bet online where the game starts. 
Okay, so Chris, are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Or are you going to go out and uh, bet on that uh, since you think the uh, White Sox are going to win? Uh, well, I have the Sox winning in four, but I don't have them winning game one. I think this is a tough matchup going against McCullers Jr., uh, but I, I do like the under in this one. I think Lance Lynn's going to give a lot better uh, effort than you guys have given him credit for and, you, and your viewers here will, but I don't have the Sox winning game one. I have them stealing game two behind Giolito, and then who knows what will happen. I think they, they, they come home and, and seal the deal, but I'm not touching this game one, if, uh, at least with my uh, my – with my heart here on the White Sox, can't do it. I, if I had to bet this one, I, I'm taking uh, McCullers here and the Astros in the under. Okay, what about you, Herb? I'm a big time fan of Lance Lynn, and yes, all the numbers, all the metrics say that the Astros are going to pound him because that's what they do. The fastball reliance. The Astros are a fastball hitting team. Sometimes you just got a feeling, a gut feeling. Now betting on it will be a little tough. I just feel that. Lance Lynn is our ace, and I trust that man with my life. Let's go. White Sox in that first game. Okay. I like yes. your confidence. I know. You know, I like your confidence. Um, I think I think it will go four games, and I think uh, three of those will go in the Astros' favor. Um, I think we take it in the fourth game. Um, win, win the first two, y'all win game three, and then we come back and – um, win game four, but maybe I'm looking through rose colored glasses. I know one of our listeners said, Hey, why don't y'all break down the lineups? Because our lineups are kind of equal. And I know we're going to move on to the series and talk about the series and these well, matchups that's part of the series. So we can talk about the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, why don't we, why don't we, um, why don't we, we don't know the batting order or I mean, Dusty Baker kind of throws things in, but we can talk about what the, uh, like the, the positions and stuff. Yeah. So. That's what I'm saying. We can yeah. go, we can, we can break down the positions. Let, let's start with the, the first base. Okay. So we got Yuli Gurriel uh, playing first base. He's, he won his first uh, batting title in America. He, this is the second batting title. He won one in Cuba where he batted 500. So this is the first time he uh, won one in America. So, um, and he's uh, he's had coming off a really great season. Uh, and uh, y'all have um, who who do y'all have at first base? Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. 20, you may have heard Who's of him. One of the American no, League no. MVP for 2020. He's actually has flu like symptoms and he didn't travel with the team when they broke for Houston. Really? But he's he's in route right now. So uh, this is a guy who. Sorry. This guy who's a legend uh, in Cuba, I'm sure uh, Yuri Gurriel has a poster of Jose Abreu in his uh, room there, but this is a guy I think who... it's opposite. <laughs> is, is Gurriel older there? Um, yeah, but it, so, I believe so. Yeah, because yeah. because the Gurriel family's Ooh. like royalty yeah. in Cuba. Wow, he's 37. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Yuli, wow. Yuli's dad is like Michael Jordan in Cuba. And Yuli Gurriel looks like he's 23. I mean, the, the dude looks young. So first base, I think, could almost be a push. I don't know how Abreu is defensively. I know that if Yuli Gurriel isn't in the talk for Gold Glove this year, I think it would be criminal because he's a very good first baseman. Abreu's defense, is it there? Because we don't watch. I know he's a great hitter. What's his defense like? It's improved, but he is not a gold glove caliber first baseman. He's just on that level below, maybe a level below that. But like he used to be not a butcher, but a guy that you couldn't trust at first base. Last year, he improved. That's kind of part of the why he won the MVP because he was so good at first base. But any ball that's thrown to him, thrown in his direction, he pretty much is going to grab. So that's a uh, 
he's he's pretty solid at first base. A guy that I don't worry about defensively is that's what I would say about him. All right. So at second base, we have Jose Altuve. Never heard uh, of him. Who's, uh, Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. I, all, I, all I know about him is like he's got a bad <laughs> tattoo or something, and his wife doesn't want him with his wow. shirt off. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, Ube. I, I'm sure you've heard of him then. You mean, so. Nick, Ma- you mean Nick Magical Sr.? <laughs> wow. Seriously, they they actually said that he Nick Magical was going to be Jose Altuve. I almost do my really? Yeah. phone when i saw that oh my god white Sox fans are going over the moon with that i was like calm down that's a singles hitter yeah two face great yeah he's got 31 home runs his batting average is not the same as it used to be but he's still batted 278 with 839 ops his stolen bases is not he's not the same he doesn't have the same legs as he used to but uh he's still a great all-around hitter uh who do y'all have at second base that's a big question mark right there. I think Tony may play the matchups because they acquired Cesar Hernandez from the Indians uh, halfway through the season there at the, at the trade deadline, and he has been very uh, underwhelming since coming over. Mm. He had 18 homers since he came uh, when he came over, and that was uh, that that led the team at the time of the trade. But he hasn't hit many since then, and he won a Gold Glove in 2020, and we have not seen that caliber defense either. So Herb and I have been talking about him as a guy that they need to get going, and a guy that hopefully once. October begins and you can wipe the slate clean that that's a guy who sort of reverts back to more of what he has been in the past. But that's a big question mark. I think maybe you may even see Leary Garcia, who has been the utility man all year, a left handed bat against the right hand McCullers play second base. Uh, You know, Hernandez is also left handed, but more of a contact guy in Leary. That's one of those things we'll have to wait and see when that lineup posts tomorrow who Tony's going to end up going with there. So it sounds like just by the look at Herb's face that yeah, I mean, Altuve won that one. I mean, for <laughs> most people, but yes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, right. we're, we're slight at the second base position. Especially right. against Whit Merrifield since right. he hates uh, Altuve. Uh, so let's go with too. the shortstop position. Uh, we got uh, Carlos Correa, who's pretty good. Uh, he's, he's leading the position players with war. And I know you've got Mr. Anderson at Tim Anderson. Uh, who's had a pretty good season himself with 17 home runs and uh, 18 solid bases, batting 309 with 806. So tell us a little bit about Mr. Anderson. The heart and soul, the straw that stirs the drink. If Tim Anderson gets hits or if Tim Anderson scores a run, it's trouble. Like there was a stat, I have, don't have it on hand, but Tim Anderson gets a home run. The White Sox are pretty much undefeated. He is the leadoff hitter for the White Sox. Not a prototypical leadoff hitter because he doesn't get off, get on by walking. He gets on by hitting, and when he's in the lineup, the White Sox are a different team altogether. Now, this overall matchup, I mean, Carlos Correa is one of the best players in the league, much less uh, the shortstops. It's probably going to go with you, but I wouldn't want to have any other shortstop. And, yes, it's it's blasphemous. I know you guys are hearing this, and you're thinking, oh, my God, why? Tim Anderson is the complete package for us. He does things off the field on the field he is chicago he lives in chicago which is a very very rare thing for a player who's not from here to live in the city in the off season you know he he's a guy from alabama that lives year round in the cold and uh community he does stuff in the community tim anderson is mr white Sox for me um it's either him or jose abreu but tim anderson is just a guy that i wouldn't trade for anybody anybody he's just that special of a player here in chicago and I think as long as we're not playing in the Field of Dreams Cornfields Baseball Stadium, um, I think I'm fine with that. 
Now, um, real quick, we're gonna we're gonna jump to the outfield, but third base because we can't miss Mr. Alex Bregman, um, Mr. Astro, Mr. Mr. Um, you know Bravado, um, talk smack. Uh, he's the guy that the opposing team loves to hate. But at third base, you guys have who who's on who's on your side of the field? Who's who's um, handling the hot corner for the White Sox? Danny. That would be a Yoan Moncada, who I've got up here. Yeah, somewhere. I don't know where he is. Uh, there's so many up here, but yeah, Yoan Moncada <laughs> is a guy. He's, you know, he's he doesn't have the name that, that Alex Bregman does, but you know, I think in five years you could be looking at Yoan Moncada as a guy who's like this is one of the best players in the American League when he's on his game. Like he had he suffered from COVID in 2020, and he was not the same guy. You could tell, you could see the difference there. He bounced back this year. He, he's a top tier defender at third base. He makes all the plays. A really great athlete, a switch hitter, a guy who who had a bit of a power surge towards the last weekend of the of the series here against the Tigers, and that's a guy who, if he's going to have power production, it could be a, a problem for the Astros here. But this is the guy that the rebuild was launched around in 2016. He came over in the Chris Sale trade from the Red Sox. This is the, one of the cornerstone pieces of this franchise. And although he doesn't make all the, the flashy plays and you won't see him quoted in media, uh, but this guy has been the cornerstone for what they've been trying to do in terms of a guy who go out there, uh, whether he's hurt or not, he'll go out there at third base and play a strong defense and he'll, he'll work a, a deep count. He'll draw his walks and he'll take you deep on occasion. Again, Bregman's a great player, uh, but Yohan Moncada is the guy who uh, really turned this franchise around when he came over from the Red Sox. And to piggyback off what Chris just said, like if you look at fan graphs, Maybe you look at the numbers of Yoan, you see 263, 375, 412. You're like, Ugh, what, you know, what's so special? You know, 14 home runs at third base, and that's not that great. He's the f- third best in F war in the, in the league behind Jose Ramirez and Rafael Devers. Right. Like, he does it with the glove and with the bat. He'll take his walk, he'll get on base, and he'll do some base running uh, that is uh, p- up to par with some of the best in the league. I know the, the the metrics don't necessarily say that, but he cuts the corners. He gets uh sp- low flying. He looks like a running back on those uh on those base pass. Yomakata right. will turn the power on eventually, and it might be in this series. Like Chris said, he's a switch hitter. He can do power from the right or left hand side. He had COVID, and I think maybe some of that drained him last year, and it's uh, seeping into this year. So the power numbers haven't come this year. But if you look at the 2019 year. The power is there, and it's going to return one of these days. And I think Yohan Moncada is one of the best third basemen in this game. Hey, Britt, real quick, um, go ahead and kind of lump all the outfielders and yeah, the well, DH together. Yeah. At, at okay, so okay, so for the Astros, you know, we have um, Michael Brantley, we have Kyle Tucker, and we have Chas McCormick, or um, Jake Myers, or Jose Siri. Um, um, and you got Jordan Alvarez. You, you, we've got a litany of outfielders, but you guys sport a pretty impressive bunch. And Eloy Jimenez, um, Lu, hold on, Luis Robert, and you know Larry Garcia. When you look at your guys, Garcia, Robert, Eloy, do you think they hold a candle to the All Star outfield that the Astros and Tucker, Brantley? And um, let's just let's just say 
Alvarez. Just pretend because, that Alvarez is an outfield. <laughs> yeah, because he's either DH or left field, or Brantley's DH or left field. So I would say hmm, I'll give you guys the advantage on that one. But the best player out of all that that you just named is Luis Robert, the exactly. best player. Like it's by far, he might be the best player in this series. So he'll do it with the bat, and he is turned on the power tool like no other. Since he's come back from the IL in August 9th, I believe it was, he's leading the league in uh, batting average. He's hit, I think, 12, 13 home runs uh, for the year. Let's see, 13 for home runs for the year. Like, that's most of that power has come since August 9th. He is a force to be reckoned with, and he's 23. Like, I'm very, very excited for Luis Robert in these playoffs. He didn't have a great playoff last year in Oakland because he was kind of slowing down from a rookie year. But ask Michael Fires where that ball landed. I think it's still traveling. He was so insulted that they put Michael Fires against him. I know that's a yeah. common enemy for everybody, right? Oh yeah, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't talk about this guy. That's a name that that shall not be mentioned. He's a rat. <laughs> we hate um, that guy. Yeah, uh, I would go ahead and mention the catching situation, but that's not really a fair mm, no. <laughs> comparison. Yay, so, we got one. Her. We'll we win. Got one. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> but I'll I tell you what, though. Uh, I love Maldonado's game. I love yeah. the edge that he brings. And, you know, the, the Sox need a guy like that, a solid defender, who can just right. call the game back there and you know whatever you're going to throw is not going to get by him. I don't know how the defense has been this year, but throughout his career, a pretty That's solid good. guy to have back there. And, you know, Yasmani Grandal has been playing out of this world since he got off the IL. And, you, you know, it's one of the, uh, the the strong parts of this team right now going into the postseason that's been firing in all cylinders is Yasmani Grandal. But I do envy uh, the 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 rock-solid defense that a guy like Maldonado brings back there every day. Like he's 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 fun to watch if you love watching baseball. And like we've been discussing with you guys lineup, like every single player pretty much, except for, I don't know, that Chaz McCormick guy you named. If you had that Miles Straws guy who kills the White Sox as a Cleveland Indian, you could take him back right now <laughs> I, I'm like, and put him on the I.L. if you want. But every single uh, position you have is a plus hitter and probably a plus fielder, except for your catcher. And once you have all those players who are doing well with the hitting, you don't need a catcher who's going to be hitting off uh, the ballpark. And you got that if you need it in Jason Castro coming off the bench, which would be a nice uh, backup for next year for the White Sox. Both of your catchers would be nice backups for the White Sox. <laughs> Our backup catching situation is crap. Like, if you see Zach Collins in the game, we must be winning by 50 or losing by 50 because he is just that bad. <laughs> well, keep in mind that Jason Castro is actually a great uh, pinch hitter. Uh, he's a great late and uh, late and close um, hitter. Yes, I've renamed him Jason Clutchstro. I see what you did so. there. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, I think um, I think I mean we can talk about who's going to win the series, but obviously the Astros fans are going to say the Astros going to win. The White Sox are going to say the White Sox are going to win. But we can both agree that this is going to be a very interesting series with some great baseball, uh, uh, unlike another certain series that we're not going to talk about. Where at least that series was close, uh, closer than it appeared to be uh, on paper. Um, that's. 2000 something series we're not gonna talk about it. i remember that one it's good but yeah, also yeah. i yeah i agree with you guys this series is probably the best series out of the four that are going to be going in the ALTS. and i'm pissed that we're afternoon games 
as yeah. if the third and fourth market are garbage and you got to bow down to Boston and Tampa. That series, come on now, Tampa's going to win that one walking away. We're yes. at least going to have a great series where it's going to be competitive. There's going to be some animosity. There's going to be some back and forth, and people are going to like it. I guarantee people are going to learn about the White Sox and Astros during this season that right. they didn't know before this, and it would be great to put them on primetime on Thursday or Friday, one of the two games, and on Sunday we're primetime only because the Chicago Marathon's happening during the day here, so you can't, and it goes right by guaranteed rate, so you can't have it Thank in the you. afternoon. So. It's messed up by MLB. Let me give you just 15 seconds of why we should be prime time. The Astros have more playoff wins than any team since 2013. The Astros are going for their fifth straight ALCS. There's no reason why the lowly Red Sox or the budget-minded Rays should be prime time. We should be prime time, guys. We are prime time. The White Sox are prime time. The Astros are prime time. And this is going to be a prime time game no matter what time of day it's played. I'm excited. Absolutely. I am, too. And look, you know, the, the Astros are the class of the American League until proven otherwise, because you can tell me all you want about the Rays. But until they win one, I'm sorry, it's just it's you know, it's not going to work. But if the White Sox are going to take that next step and become one of the powerhouses of the American League and, you know, you have all these cost control players and you have all the talent in the world. But it doesn't mean anything if you can't take that next step against a really good team like the Astros. So I know there's not a lot of people giving the Sox a shot. But it's because they have to go out there and prove it. They've got to earn it. And against the the team like the Astros, there's no better test for this team because they're going to have to go through them eventually. And and I hate that it's the first round because it's a tough draw, but uh, you got to go through them anyway. So I'm looking forward to this series. Also, just being in the postseason on regularity, now this is the first time in franchise history for the Sox, back-to-back season. So that's just exciting in itself. But uh, the Sox fans are hungry for more, and there's no better test uh, than the Astros. I, I'm not a huge believer in the Rays, so I think this is it. This is one of the best matchups you'll see all postseason, and I agree. It should be on primetime. Well, wow, Chris, you and I just became best friends. That that was a great speech. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. I mean, I was uh, like, you just gave us some props there. So uh, that, that's awesome, man. So Game recognized game. <laughs> yeah. So, um, guys, thank y'all for joining. And, uh, this was a awesome podcast and I uh, think guys keep on subscribing. I'm not sure if y'all are on YouTube yet. Uh, are y'all on YouTube or not yet? Uh, yeah, no. Okay. All right. Well, let us know when you're on YouTube, we'll come on y'all show, but make sure y'all listen to locked on Astros podcast, locked on socks podcast on odyssey apple um, spotify wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you listen to those and make sure you keep on subscribing to locked on astros podcast on youtube we're uh, i think we're at 1.6 uh, 2000 um so we're, we're getting up yeah there, man guys. we're almost at 1700 subscribers let's go keep going yeah, so baby keep on subscribing and guys this will be a great series and we'll do a podcast right after the game tomorrow go stros go uh y'all have to say it i can't say it Go, go six. Go six. Yeah, I, I could not say that. So, um, well, hopefully, it's a good series, and uh, we'll we'll catch up maybe at the end of the series to kind of reflect. Um, but uh, other than that, um, hopefully, it's a great series, and go Astros, and we'll talk to you later.